At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey, guys. I did not order my Panera today. I should have, though, because I'm very hungry. Wait, wait, wait. We're just starting with Hey Guys now? Yeah, because there's music and stuff that's already played. And yeah, but I don't... Hello uh, and hey welcome guys. to another Thank episode you. of Fim Thinks He's Important Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm two bites away from finishing my... Little turkey stick here. Well, yeah, I really no, you're wish... right. That that definitely needed to happen right now. Well, I I was two bites left, and then you're like, okay, we're recording, so that's not my problem. <laughs> that's your problem. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, you know, in case somebody's just listening to Sirius XM when we come on, maybe uh, maybe introduce ourselves. Hey guys, I'm James Hinchcliffe, and that's Alexander Rossi. You can't see him, but he's here. Say hi, Alex. I'm here, guys. Um, I have really bad, I feel like, seasonal allergies at the moment today, and I feel oh. like a truck hit me. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit less cheery than y'all are used to. <laughs> so uh, you're going to be dead? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm uh, not feeling great today. I'm like too clared and deep and a nostril note full of flones. And oh, that's snuff. not great. Yeah. This is going to be a... This is going to be a really nerdy reference, but there's a computer game called Civilization V, and in it, all the different like heads of nations have different characteristics. So like Gandhi's really peaceful, but if you do something that makes him even more peaceful, it actually goes below zero and resets, and he becomes super aggressive. Wow. I feel like something's going to happen with Alex here where he's going to get in such a bad mood, it's just going to reset, and he's just going to be really cheerful. And so, just like, so no, so here's I'm going to take that bet. Here's a, here's a story that happened yesterday. Um, <laughs> I went I went to the gym. It was a pretty pretty tough day at the gym. Uh, got home. Um, what did you do of, at the gym yesterday? Uh, that thresh the long threshold medley. Mm, okay. It's pretty hellish. Um, and so it got to like two o'clock. I hadn't eaten yet. I had to go run some errands, um, ran those errands and was like, oh, I'm going to stop at Chick-fil-A on the way home. And the line was wrapped around the building twice at 2 p.m. or well, 3 because p.m. It's, I was like, because it's Monday. That's dumb. Yeah, everybody, everybody who thought to get it on Sunday was like, oh, I got to go now. Cor- correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get anything there. And then I... I've been kind of like craving cup of noodles lately, which is kind of weird. Um, like the yeah. like the plastic cup things, like you just yeah, pour them hot like, water. But like Kelly was trying to be nice, and she bought me like this bougie kind from Whole Foods, and I was like, nobody well, wants it's that. Not, it's not going to be great, but I'm going to have it because I want it. Well, the first two attempts that I had at cooking it, it was like not hot enough, and I was like, okay. Well, then I put it in the microwave. Um, to like finish it off, took it out. wasn't hot enough yet. 
did it again. And at this point, I had followed all the instructions and put it in for another 35 seconds. And I opened it and it had completely overflowed and spilled in the microwave. So at this point, I'm 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 borderline pretty pissed off. You're right? you're hangry, you know. I'm, you're I'm I'm getting I'm getting at least you were coming here. off a really good weekend. Right, right. right. We'll get to that in a second. So, <laughs> so um I take it and like whatever, sit down, immediately burn my tongue because it's too hot. Mm. And at this point, <laughs> like I my rage level is really starting to escalate. And Kelly is around and starting to sense this and everything. And she starts cleaning up the, the little mess in the microwave and stuff and trying to, you know, help mm. the situation. And I uh, took my next sip just by whatever. And it was horrible. And at this point, it, something just snapped inside of me. And I took... No, I almost grabbed the cup of noodles. I love where this is it. going. But I took the fork, the Starbucks thing, threw it, screamed, banged my fist on the on the counter. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> and I just walked out of the room. Like to the point where like I was sweating. I was so angry. And I could feel this vein in my forehead was pulsating. I was irate had someone said something a little oh. bit wrong to me at that point i think i literally would have broken someone's head so, so yes yes there's two things i love about this one i have seen you after terrible days at the track and you are unflappable cup of noodles <laughs> sets you off cup of noodles, second thing that i really angry. love about this my second thing is I know for a fact you had to then go to James's bourbon event. I would, that's, <laughs> that's what I was just going to say is I did not know all of this uh, before you rocked up to the event last night. And I, I got to say, it makes my level of appreciation, which was already pretty high, that much higher that you still rally. <laughs> so <laughs> you're welcome, James. I'm, I'm happy to do it, I guess. There's, I'm just going to close the loop on this. There's two times I've snapped in my life. Both were very one. I mean, I would I would consider this one being like a, a half snap, not a full snap. But the last time was about three years ago. I was driving with Kelly to um, a house showing when we were still looking for a house. Her and I were having an argument about how she was late and like we're trying to meet a real estate agent and she was justifying why she was late. And it was just a back and forth thing. And I had just spent like $300 getting my car detailed. And we're driving along and it's a sunny day and it starts raining and we were late and we were arguing and it happened like this kind of thing happened. And I took my phone and just bombed it against the windshield, just angry, right? Because it was in my hand <laughs> and it shattered the windshield. <laughs> oh, no! From the inside. Didn't even Did, know that was possible. Phone, phone was fine. Phone was fine. Oh, that's so, good. That's yeah. I I feel like windscreen should be stronger than phones though. It was a good toss. All right. It's still yeah. weird, but yeah, yeah. that's Anyways. all right. Yeah. There you go, guys. <clears throat> so Alex has his moments. Well, uh I got to say that's a that's a wonderful story to kick off our 100th episode. I don't know if anybody <laughs> else realizes that. Um we've actually done 100 of these now or we will have done by the end of today, which is pretty shocking. Um, that's I, that's absurd. It, I, I still don't actually, I mean, Tim is the one that told us that this is our hundredth episode. I've not 
corroborated this. I've not done the math I'm myself. Be honest. I'm not a, I'm not a big numbers guy. Yeah, I'm so. skeptical. I'm skeptical <laughs> that it's we been have, 100. How long have we been doing this? Is it I it's over 2 know. years, right? I don't know. I don't remember when we started this. I think it's been like 3 years. It can't have been th- that sounds insane. No, it is it is easy because it is 2018 was when we started it. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We've also taken a couple pretty long breaks. We did, yes. In the early <laughs> days, we had uh, we were a little less strict about our scheduling. 100% but now that we are, wow. Well, All right. And here's what I love about it. Right? We've we're not doing objectively a good job. <laughs> like we're we're, we're doing a job. Gonna... We're you know what we've done like... a good job at. We've done a good job at being like actually getting it done since we joined the serious family and yeah, had actual because commitments. we kind of have to like, no, we I know, I know, but like, I know. I'm so proud of know, us for that though. I was skeptical that that was, in. I was pretty skeptical <laughs> that that was even going to happen. You know, they're like, all right guys, we've signed this contract. We've made this commitment. I thought we we're gonna get like 13, maybe episodes in and be like 52. No, not going to happen. I well, mean, I and mean, the hilarious the thing is, and is, I, guess, I think we can announce this now. The fact we're we're no more with serious. Huh? We're now more with serious. Right. Like they they like it was like a I I don't know what we can get into detail wise, but like we're fully with serious now. Yeah, they like they upped their level of involvement and commitment <laughs> to us, which is they looked mind. at this product and were like, Yeah, more. I want more. <laughs> We'd like to be more involved. Well, guys, I gotta imagine in. they've just never listened. I just I can't potentially. <laughs> They're just imp- they're just also impressed that we have consistently delivered an episode regardless of what was in it. So they're like, these guys are doing all right, better than a lot of our other shows. So let's just go with that. Uh, well, happy 100th, guys. Happy centennial. That's uh, that's an exciting exciting thing. And yeah, so we've mentioned the bourbon event that Alex man rallied in a big way to make it to, and even stayed a half hour late, which was very appreciated. Not by choice. No, I know, but I'm still going to appreciate it. Okay. Uh, we, you know, we had some pictures to get through and, and what have you, but it was uh, it was a stop and go foundation event. So Alex and myself and our little bourbon group uh, went and picked a barrel from this time. So we did our first one was we went to Buffalo Trace and got a Blanton's barrel. We've talked about that. And then this one was um, West Fork Whiskey here in Indianapolis. And we got a, a barrel of Old Hammer and uh, auctioned it off for Stop and Go Foundation. So we did a little event at the Root and Bone Restaurant here in Indy, which was great. And Alex and Connor came, which was great. And we sold some bottles, and we met some fans, and we ate some good food. And Alex felt better afterwards because he hadn't had a bourbon in a while. So it was nice to get a bourbon in him. Was there a question mark on that? And Alex felt better afterwards? I was just trying to, like, gauge his reaction as I said it. And not agreeing not disagreeing so you know it's yeah, something bourbon, bourbon was nice bourbon hadn't touched my lips in for almost four weeks four weeks probably yeah. so um one was enough that's for sure it's funny how your ability <laughs> to drink or consume alcohol uh lowers with time uh tim wouldn't know sure anything does. about that um, <laughs> no, he's never had that kind of break yeah but uh no it was as much as I don't like um, public events, this was a nice one because it was at a great location. Uh, James is a restaurant partner. People at Root and Bone hosted us on a Monday when they were closed, so that was very kind of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
anything for um, uh, a cause like Stop and Go Foundation is is a great thing. So I was happy to be there. I was happy uh, to meet the people that did come and supported uh, what you're doing in the foundation. And I think we're going to do another one in July is kind of what I overheard. That is correct. More that bourbon is correct. and raise more money for the bloods. The I can't wait for my, I can't wait to get another drunk dial from my mom in July. Yeah, I mean that was also a yeah. highlight. It was really nice <laughs> to see John and Larry. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, my mom and stepdad went and uh, had a the bit life much. Of the party. They were yeah. no, no. They had just the right amount. They had they were the life of the party. They walked off with a couple bottles of bourbon, uh, which you know. So so Larry, you know, I've always just sort of associated as a wine guy. You know, so we've had the. Uh, he's, a, he's an alcohol pleasure. guy. Well, yes. So right, <laughs> he prefers but, wine, but he'll he'll venture right. out. Yes, he said he was an equal opportunity drinker, is how he explained it. But you know, we've had Alex and I, and, and have been very generously invited on some wine tasting tours with with Tim and and Joan and Larry after the race in Sonoma a few years ago. And this guy knows his stuff. He knows his wine. He has a very impressive collection. And I told him I was like. I always feel bad whenever I come over to your place for dinner because I I don't want to bring a bottle of wine. It just yeah, it's like bringing sand to the beach, right? Which it's funny because Larry's reply was, "It's like bringing, it's like bringing." What did he say? Now it was another version of that. It was like bringing coal to Newcastle or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah he's so, he's a, aggressively from Plainfield, Indiana. Right. So I. Uh, <laughs> So I said, now, now that I know it, no, so I've learned that he actually quite appreciates bourbon. So that one I can compete with and I can at least bring over some stuff uh, next time we go by to, to, you know, keep up on the bourbon side of things. Um, but uh, bourbon was cut and needed on a Monday after the uh, Sunday that we had, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, not, not really. Like, it's not like we need to recover from anything. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't work much Sunday. No, we didn't. We didn't do a whole lot. I did more than you, <laughs> technically. Uh, mm. I went back out for like five laps, all right? Hey, I went around under caution while we were cleaning up your mess. My mess. <laughs> Sorry, the <laughs> mess that you were, in which you were involved. I was right, well, blown so, I mean, let's, away so at how many individual drive shafts there were just sitting. Dude, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> when you watch the replays, all you see is bits of carbon and bent. Drive shafts just flying down the track. Just multiple drive shafts. Like it was incredible. All in I, one piece, but just separated yes. from their wheels and gearboxes. It was very yeah. bizarre. No, very I, interesting. I know I know the whole thing was was a mess and obviously not how you guys were looking for the weekend to go, but oh. your tweet about Connor taking the green upside down may have been the funniest tweet I've seen in a very long time. I mean it was impressive. <laughs> It was, it was something, it was a sight to be seen. And at that point, there's nothing you can really do except mm-hmm. laugh at your laugh business. it off. Yeah. Yes. It's funny though. I wonder if, like, you know, Connor's mullet, his Kentucky waterfalls getting so long in the back when he was upside down. I wonder if it was actually like tickling the racetrack. He would have come up the back of the helmet there. When he came out, uh, when he took his helmet off and was going to the safety uh the safety crew to the, the infield center or whatever his hair was kind of up and weird did you guys see the video of him walking no. and i just couldn't i couldn't shake it he looked like bill murray in that bowling movie well what's i forget the name of the bowling movie uh kingpin you know and bill murray like bowls a strike and comes around and the hair's up 
I'll, I'll, I'm going to post a picture on our Twitter. I'll find it and text it to you guys. Have to. I don't, um, I, I mean, I remember Kingpin, but I don't remember Kingpin that well. You say bullet was, movie. I just think big Lebowski. It was interesting talking to Connor after, cause like it, it didn't seem like that. Like from, from my side, it wasn't that big of an impact. Like none of it, like it was all pretty slow, but then talking to him, he was like, no dude, like I was having to go so fast to try and catch up. They're like my approach speed was significantly yeah. higher than anyone else's, and I was like, "Oh, right." I guess that so, sense. so you did a, you did a great job in getting slowed up when things started checking up in front of you, and then you got tagged by Bourdais, right? Who had been tagged by I think Pietro. Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. But so from view from the back, uh, which is going to be you know the story of of my Texas 2021 weekend. Um, yeah, they they took way too long to start pairing up the field. Like, I think they we didn't. I don't know. If, I don't even remember it being covered in the drivers' meeting. But usually they say like when you come off a two after getting one to go, start pairing up. But it's a mile and a half track. There's 24 cars or whatever. That's not enough time. So the leaders start pairing up, and by the time the rest of us were coming around, the last couple of rows were coming around. Like the leaders were in the middle of three and four, getting ready to go green. We're in the middle of the back straight, flat out in fourth gear, trying to catch up. And so, you know, part of the reason, yeah, like, like Connor said, like the rate of speed he had, the rate of speed Dalton had. I mean, there was guys in front of me crashed. The two guys behind me crashed. But somehow there was this little window that Hunter Ray and I just like snuck through. And Connor tried to come through with us. And the doors just closed behind us. And it ended up with him on his roof. It was a weird deal. But I honestly think like a large part of that, what happened kind of in, from you back was because they take they they wait too long to start pairing up the field. It should be like What's at start finish like, at one to go. For sure. And I kind of experienced that last year a little bit um when Ryan and I couldn't get our engine started. Like we were right. we were having to hustle to get to the green. But I was not starting far up on Sunday. I was only seven spots ahead of six spots ahead of you, right? So right. it's, a, it's there was some separation that happened behind me because me and Bourdais, who were 15th and 16th, had no issue right. kind of being paired up. We were kind of paired up entry of three, which is fairly normal for row eight, right? Yeah. So there was someone behind us that was that was lagging that was, and causing that was lagging. Yeah, right. good call. Because it's not like I was seventh, right? Right, right. I was right. only two or three rows in front of you. Yeah, that's fair. So I mean, can we uh, can we call people out here? Was it Pietro's well, fault? Indycar was dumb for throwing the green flag. First of all, yeah, and there's, it, there was it's cars amazing. coming like at a crazy rate of speed. The fact that I don't think we've haven't had an aborted start in since Elio. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say I don't remember what it was, but I almost guarantee it was Elio. <laughs> yeah, which is 2017. I, I feel like I feel like I mean, quite honestly, and and talking to some people in that department afterwards, it was like, oh, well, we shouldn't have thrown the green. It's like, okay, but this was after my conversations I had had earlier that day with, oh, well, we should have penalized some drivers for their behavior on track Saturday night. Okay, so at what point is it like, oh, we should have, versus, yeah. oh no, we did. Like it's right. it, it baffles my mind sometimes, and like I've I've said all this to to who I want to say it to in IndyCar, so I don't mind repeating it. But the fact that I was put four wheels in the gr- three wheels in the grass um, on a restart at Texas, 
and then subsequently the same driver put Graham Rahal below the white line at 215 miles an hour into turn three at Texas and didn't receive a penalty is is interesting but i'm going to go one step further and say when joseph had his incident with borday and literally mm-hmm. put borday in the wall on saturday not because joseph was being a dick or anything it just the, he got checked up and yeah. didn't realize it happens totally fine he got sent to the back of the of, of the grid which yeah, yeah i mean fair enough right that is the same exact penalty that i got for bumping into takuma sato in second place in the indianapolis 500 so either my penalty was severely messed up or Joseph should have got a stop and go, right? So I feel it like there's a very like big... a light, it does seem like a light price to pay to go at the back of the line under caution for right. flat out taking a guy out. Again, it wasn't Correct. intentional, but neither was yours, no. right? No, well, so, yeah, it's it, to what you were talking about too, the need, what's the, the needle of, uh, what yeah, was the, the needle needle of responsibility? Needle of responsibility, yeah. Right. So well, it's, it's just... It, I, I feel like there's 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 a pretty big disconnect in some of the IndyCar decision making process at the moment, um, which you know obviously from our side we only see one side of it, and I, there's always two sides to a story. And and I have a lot of respect for Kyle and and the decisions that he makes. Um, so I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, but yeah, I mean there was a lot of questionable things that happened in Texas, and and that's not even including really the the whole qualifying argument as to yeah. should we or shouldn't we um, on Sunday. And let's talk about well, that because yeah. I think that's an important topic. And so just, sorry, just to backtrack for a split second, the, you know, you mentioned that some people came up and said, oh yeah, we should have X, Y, Z. They need to not be afraid to, to do stuff, right? Like we have, we have efficients for a reason. Like obviously we don't want it overly officiated, but at the same time, like you can't be afraid to make calls when, when you need to. And I, I understand, like, in the heat of the moment, there's lots going on. You sometimes have a very short window to make those decisions, and, and then it's no longer relevant. So there are a lot well, of yeah, things. And, and they'll it. also get criticized if well, they, if like, they overdo it, too. Right. True. Just, but just but waving, this all started with talking about the start. Waving off the start is not a penalty. Scott yeah. Nixon wouldn't have gotten penalized. He right. just would have had to have done it again. Nobody, like, yeah, no... nobody loses in that. No. Right. So, so we go to Texas, and as we've sort of adopted from the experiment of 2020 with double headers at ovals, they decided to take the same qualifying format, which is two laps. And normally it's your two lap average sets the grid. And for the double headers, it's the first lap sets the grid for race one. And the second lap sets the grid for race two. We fought some inclement weather on Saturday when we were supposed to have a practice session, then qualifying. And then obviously the first race and the decision was made as is always to put the, emphasis on practice and abandoned qualifying, which is totally fine. Uh, we all understand that. And so race one was, <clears throat> we got practice in, but race one was, uh, the grid was set by points. The, the, the situation then kind of gets more complicated, right? Because then we go into Sunday with no on-track activity until the 4.15 race start. An extra set of tires. We had an extra set of tires from not having to qualify in the first place. So why not for the sake of keeping, you know, the grid maybe a little more fair? Because again, we're only a few races into the season at this point, right? All it takes is one guy to have one, a genuine championship contender to have one bad weekend. And he's going to be midfield or worse in the points, not necessarily racing the people that they will be racing by the end of the season. 
So why not take the opportunity on Sunday to give us an honest qualifying, let us start as we should be starting based on who had the pace at the track, you know, that weekend, because unlike old Texas, we used to like literally not even care about qualifying in Texas because the track was so raceable. If you had a good car, it didn't matter where you qualified. You could get your way up to the front. That is no longer the Texas that we race on, Alex. <laughs> and nope. qualifying is monumentally important. Track position is monumentally important. And just not allowing us to qualify on Sunday seemed like an oversight. Well, and what's interesting is they put so much emphasis on making it clear that these were two different events, right? IndyCar, right. two different distances, two different times, two different t- sp- presenting sponsors for the race, right? Yet they treated mm-hmm. it as if it was the same. And, and for me, that's where the, 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 the big disconnect was. Like, like you said, on, on whether no one can control it, no one wants to do it, 100% abandon qualifying, get the practicing, get the show in, get it in for TV, get it in for the fans that are there. But you have a new event with a new distance, with a new spot, a new everything. Why do you then carry anything over? It, you it and I had new sense. sponsors on our cars. We had to wrap our cars <laughs> overnight. <laughs> exactly. Like there was nothing that was the same. There was nothing that it was a carryover aside from we were at the same facility. So it, it was just in my mind, there was no, there's no provision for it. Right. So it's not like anyone has had to like do this before. Yeah. So like Scott, who would have been the one guy that, didn't want to qualify, right? Just because he was starting first anyway, based on points. He had the fastest car. I think he would have been fine. You know what I mean? He had it guaranteed the other way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a chance a gust of wind may have slowed him down in actual qualifying. Regardless, um, you know, everyone else was on board. As you say, there's no precedent for this. So it's not like Scott could have been like, oh, well, back in 2000, whatever, we didn't do that. You know, like, we can we can make our own rules right now. We're our own governing body. We can make our own rules. And if you had put a vote to it, yeah, twenty three of the twenty four cars I think would have voted. Yeah, no, let's let's go qualify. So, so were there uh, were there other series competing that weekend? Nope, there was sure wasn't Tim. So it was interesting. And I'm gonna an unknown or sorry, an unnamed uh, reporter reached out to an unnamed official at IndyCar who was inquiring on behalf of me and my lack of understanding as to why we didn't qualify. And the response from IndyCar, and this really just made me smile inside, was, oh, only two guys brought it up as an issue. And I was like, okay, that. But one of those guys uh, brought it up during the driver's meeting when all people are present and so like what do you want us all to chime in and be like yeah what he said yeah what he said yeah what he said like we do these meetings virtually now i'm spartacus right so it's (laughs) that that seems like a pretty weak sauce argument because 100 everybody agreed that's such a cop-out no no one not even at that point alex below or ganassi right who was on poll was like nah you know we should make sure that we get the show no one had any everyone was just like yep okay yeah Cool. Only only two guys brought up doing qualifying, but zero people brought up not doing qualifying. So <laughs> you still had more people that wanted it done that way. So anyways, James, you know, you win some. Yep. It's a, it's so a this, learning this, experience. Uh, I guess this, this brings up something like we generally don't usually criticize IndyCar's decisions. And like, I know you guys, at least on here, we don't. We don't usually on the, on the podcast. Um, 
how how is that within the body like can i know for some for some sports you can be fined if you criticize the series i know like there are rules about what you can say i mean you guys have been pretty open about criticizing the decisions this weekend are are there any penalties or or rules that you're breaking by doing this do i need to edit any of this out we'll see that's a good that's a good question tim and like that's very nice of you to to bring up i i think what we're saying we're not calling anyone out we're not calling anyone a a stupid idiot we're just expressing our kind of disagreements and such and i think that's totally fine um you know it's all a little bit different if you were to start mfing the series and its officials on twitter or whatever as we've all kind of discussed in the past but these are all conversations i've already had with with the appropriate parties um and and they're all kind of aware of of my opinion and stance on it so me sharing it with you guys uh really doesn't change anything because and, and i think it for the first time and i think ultimately the you know everybody wants to get better right everybody wants yeah. feedback there's there's no problem with constructive criticism like alex said we're not sitting here mfing anybody it's just this is how we saw it from our seat you know alex has had these conversations with certain people so he knows a little more about where they're coming from but you know there was never uh I don't know. I just think there's there's always opportunities to improve and be better. These double race format that ovals are new. You know, we started them last year. I think they only did two of them last year. Is that right, Alex? Gateway and Iowa. I think we're both double headers, uh, which were the first two times we did that on an oval. So you know, there's there's room to improve. There's formats that we can still adjust. Um, so I think I think having a constructive conversation about it is worthwhile. And frankly, it'd be interesting to hear what the fans say about it as well. You know. Would they have liked to see a qualifying on Sunday? I'd like to think yes. This is a very content-hungry society that we're in. We could have had another hour show to throw up on Peacock and give people, you know, something else to watch and and help build up the race. So I just, I can't for the life of me think of what the downside would have been to doing that. Usually you can kind of see the other side and think, okay, well, there's logistic issues or scheduling issues or, you know, we didn't have enough tires or whatever, but we had all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a little, little confusing, but you live, you learn. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And it's good to hear that, you know, the series is at least open to hearing criticism. Like it's not, like you said, it doesn't come from a bad place. Like everybody here is trying to make the best show possible, trying to make the best product possible and trying to have the best racing. So, and you know what? 99 times out of a hundred IndyCar does that. You know, like I yeah. as unbiasedly as possible think that we are the most entertaining four wheel racing product, you know, out there. And uh, and there's a lot of people listening right now that probably agree. There's going to be some that don't agree. That's totally fine. Uh, the level of competition right now is just is so awesome. It's so high. And uh, and the battles on track are very good. Now, again, Texas didn't race quite like it used to by the end of race two, the track had rubbered in enough that it got a bit better, but it was, yeah. It was and a- that's not, it's not IndyCar's fault that they put no. the compound on lane two. No. That's yeah. No, um, I will say all. just in terms of entertainment of other racing series, it is really cool that F1 just put a human wrecking ball and Mazapan on the track every week now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. He's been he's had involved in contact with, with five different drivers this season. So far. And there's only been three races. <laughs> yeah. I That's, mean, he's, uh, he's working his way. He'll have hit the entire grid by, by midway through the year. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not, let's, that's not counting any of the individual incidents that didn't involve other people that he's been. The well, and at least, you know, say what you will about his driving. At least he's not a good person. 
<laughs> well, there's that. There's that. So, James, you and I, with with our current season of results that we've had so far, prize money hasn't mm-hmm. been something that has been uh, easy for us to come by. Existed. If there was. <laughs> or, yeah. Not that there's prize money really in IndyCar anyways, but even <laughs> what there is, we didn't, we're not getting any. Um, well, we're so definitely not it, getting it. Right. So it's at this point in life where you start to, you know, question your career and your future and all of this stuff. And, you know, what's what's kind of attractive, if you're into this sort of thing, money, is a sugar mama. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And there, there, there is one on the market right now. That is <laughs> I think I know where this is and very, well, very wealthy. Well, hang on. Did did uh, did Jeff Bezos's ex-wife ever settle down, or is she still on the market? She's, I think, on the market. And now but is now joined she's by. <laughs> she's joined by Melinda Gates, guys. Man, well, I'm not gonna perfect. lie. There's two of them, two of you. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of married, but we'll figure that out. I, uh, I'm I not think gonna Becky lie. Would be into forty six billion dollars. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Bezos, right? Uh, Melinda Gates, so Bill Gates was worth 135 billion. So that's she's come, she's coming away with like 67 billion dollars. Well, I mean, you don't know. It's not always like right down the middle, right? Like, well, like said, Bezos, no prenup. Didn't get. She's coming she away with no 58 prenup. million billion. Is that what it says? No, but like you're, you're no, no, saying, no, but it's like, maybe not right down the middle. It doesn't matter. No, no, yeah, no, I know, no, no. But I'm saying because like I'm pretty sure Bezos's ex didn't get half. No, she did. Did she? Yeah, but she, she also helped. She got she a little more than half. But he re- I thought he got. She got more than half, but he kept control of Amazon. Or how did that work? Yeah, maybe she got the cash, but he kept more of the stock or something. Doesn't matter. Something like Whatever. that. Well, all, all my favorite part about that story was he built the world's most expensive yacht with her, and then they got divorced. And before he even took possession of the yacht, he said. He didn't want the yacht anymore. And the yacht company was like, don't care. Like, we can't sell this because it's such a monstrosity. And he was like, okay, well, whatever. I'll lose all the money. I want to build another one that's bigger, that's separate from her. So he basically right. bought two yachts just and in just, spite of her. And just gave one back to the yacht company. Like, do whatever you want with it. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's it. cool that they can do all this because like world hunger's already been solved and all that. Like, right. It's cool that they can just, you know, apply this money to these things. It's, it's nice. It's, it's cool. It's, like, it's awesome that, that we have number one education in the world here yeah. and you know everybody's <laughs> living above the poverty line and life's good. Yeah. It's just was nice. That, was it cool. in a four hundred million dollar yacht? I don't remember the exact number, but it was like I think it was something it like was that. Towards the top of like the most expensive yacht ever. And yeah. he was like, nah. Don't want it. She chose the color. I don't want that one. Yeah, I want a different <laughs> shade of hickory wood. What's the point okay, so of but, money where it's irresponsible for you not to have your own personal space program? Because like Elon Musk has a space program, Jeff Bezos is talking about having a space program. Like, is it ten billion where you're just like, all right, I have to now? Like, what's I don't think what's ten billion is enough. Yeah. So what is enough? It? But but Bill Gates definitely should have a space program, and he doesn't. So he needs. To, yeah. He needs to so step it up he's just out there like curing malaria and stuff. Like, what a jackass. Well, see, okay, no, but so that's <laughs> this is what. Yeah, this actually brings up. So first of all, I did not see the whole Bill and Melinda thing happening. You know, from my personal knowledge of them as people and all the time I've spent with them, really thought they were doing okay. Um, 
but no, so that was a joke. I've clearly never met either of those people. But they, their foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates You're Foundation, more of a is, legitimately doing, right, is legitimately doing like incredible things for the world. How, how does that get affected? Like, how does the, founda- they, is the foundation? They have said they're going to keep all running. I really the, want to know about. They said they're going to keep running the foundation together. Yeah, I mean, this is a divorce that would have geopolitical ramifications. Like, that's, yeah, that's is, wild. This is probably the first one since like Henry VIII did <laughs> will this have <laughs> widespread effect over the world <laughs> like on humanity but it might get better it might it might encourage them to each like try and one up each other with with their contributions to society and in that case it'll just make both or we could just tax like they were them both already hmm. it's like I it's suppose. like my favorite story about how how Home Depot and Lowe's became a thing. Oh, I don't know this story. So the founder of Home Depot was this this guy and he was married and he created Home Depot and it became super successful. And then him and his wife got a divorce. I don't think it was very amicable. And she was like, screw you and took the settlement money and built a Lowe's across the street from every Home Depot across the nation. So... I- have never that's heard that story. Awesome. Pretty that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Hypothetical for you guys. You're swiping on Tinder. Maybe Raya. I don't know. I mean, you're both not single, so this is very hypothetical. And you and see Melinda G. It's Raya. Okay, well, this, that's devastating because I was going to use you guys as my end to get a Raya account. All right. You swipe right call, on call Melinda Connor. G. Yeah, okay. What's your, what's your pitch? How do you how do you pitch yourself to what's your opening line? What's your icebreaker to Melinda the planet? Yeah. Mine would be mine would be a picture of a basketball, and then a message below and say, "Oh shoot, sorry, my ball went over the fence and into your DMs again." Okay, so Alex <laughs> isn't Alex isn't getting any. Got it. <laughs> Name left unmatched. What if what if it Balls. went with something like? Uh, Feel like I'm getting malaria. Can you help me out? <laughs> uh, I hear you're into charity cases. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so not not strong, guys. Well, let's just I, say I think you're gonna have to get better at driving. It's good that we're good that we're both uh, spoken for because us trying to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, honestly, Tim, Tim, you're the one that actually has the opportunity to go out and date slash marry her and become. It's a great point. Wealthy. So, what is your move, Captain? Oh, what is I'm, my? I'm I mean, so if swamped. I had a move, I wouldn't be as incredibly single as I am. Uh, Hazel, I see you there. I hear that you have a riddle for us today instead of a question. Is that true? Oh yeah, you got just got to. We did a lot of riddles while camping this weekend. With one of the most baller camping setups I've ever seen, by the way. Yeah, I skipped watching the race to go camping. So like you guys, I was not that involved in the race. <laughs> <laughs> you did you did as many laps in the race on Sunday as Alex did. <laughs> All right, so here's Hazel with a yeah. riddle. Okay, what well, only gets stronger the longer it lives? 
What pays you back tenfold the more that you give? Some say it's blind, some say it's true. Some simply just say, I feel this for you. Love? That's it. Yeah, well done, Alex. And who would have thought the most miserable guy on this podcast knew anything about love? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. But So that's, that's actually just... also what I was going to DM to Melinda Gates. So, Oh, good one. <laughs> I think she'd be into a little uh, poetry. I, I didn't think you guys were going to give that. I mean, we are pretty stupid, but sometimes we pull a rabbit out of the hat. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. Uh, or or a broken clock gets a hundred episodes somehow. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's <laughs> thanks to, thanks to you guys, you listeners, you guys in all twelve of all you. parts of the world listening on your various devices, including those <laughs> Apple watches out there. We appreciate the four you. Of you that are doing that. Yeah, uh, we see you. Um, we kind of care about your opinion, but not really. And uh, we'll we care about your week. opinion when you agree with what we do. Right. Right. Well, yeah, right. when you disagree, you're wrong. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Much like IndyCar stewardship. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, let's wrap up episode yeah, 100. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> they're definitely not listening. But thank you guys for listening. And of course, we'd be remiss without mentioning that this weekend is Mother's Day. So on behalf of all of us here at Off Track, a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially Wendy. Hope you will have a great weekend and get spoiled. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that, I mean thin. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.